Live at 5 Sports with Todd and Suhan, brought to you by Prairie's Edge Casino Resort. Timberwolves saw the Pelicans for the first time with Zion Williamson last night, Jim, and what a difference that guy makes. He is something else. Um, I don't know that we've ever seen anybody that size who's that nimble and can score that creatively near the rim. He's hitting crazy. He's hitting shots. You go, okay, he's just throwing it up, and it goes through without touching the rim. Mm-hmm. Uh, remarkable offensive player, uh, one of his best games ever. And uh, but I also I spend very little of my time complaining about officiating. I mm-hmm. think that's overdone. It's usually done because of uh, you know partisan interest, you know, you, you complain about the calls that go against your team while not recognizing your team probably benefited from calls too. But, you know, the NBA's become so popular because they get their entertainment entity. Mm-hmm. And if people were tuning in on TV last night, if casual viewers were tuning in, it was to see Zion Williamson go up against Rudy Gobert, one of the most dynamic offensive players in the league, somebody who depends on scoring within five feet of the rim against currently the best defender in the NBA, and two touch fouls later, Gobert's off the court, and it never really became that kind of a showdown. I, I just I just wish uh, officials would be a little more cognizant of you know, not, fa- not getting people in foul trouble, uh, important players in foul trouble, unless it's really a foul. You know, I mean, I just hate touch fouls on star players. Yeah, let him play, especially against a guy like Zion. Now, I don't recall if this. Who's with you? Yeah. yeah. I mean, that guy. Now, I've heard commentators call him 300 pounds. Is he that big? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, he looks like, I mean, sure guess. Yeah. I mean, he is, yeah. he is tall. He is tall and he is thick. So I guess when you're that tall and that thick, it's not hard to get to 300. To me, he looks like. 280, 285, somewhere yeah. in there. Um, he might be carrying more weight than he should be, and maybe that's contributed to his injuries. Um, I don't know. You know, I, I just know that, man, when he's on the court, they are really a tough team. You know, and his nimble feet and his size and his leaping and his explosiveness gets all the attention, but his hands are so good. He catches yeah. everything. Loose ball on the floor, he picks it up from smaller guys, and he takes rebounds away from bigger guys. He's just really a different guy. Yeah, great hands, great feet, great feel, a great uh, skill uh, near the basket, and he also he's very a very capable passer as well. Uh, of course, once he gets down in there, they want him to shoot it, and he should shoot it. But he's a very capable passer. We even saw that at Duke, mm-hmm. uh, unselfish player. Uh, he and he plays hard. You know, so it's not like I, I don't know. I don't know what weight. I don't know what weight he should play at. I don't know what weight he's actually at right now. But, man, I just hope he does whatever it takes to be on the court because he is highly entertaining. I certainly would have liked to have seen the Wolves' chances with Anthony Edwards on the floor. Yep. What's, what's kind of the latest on him? It's really just a game-by-game, game, how does it feel? They don't think he can damage himself by playing, so it's just some pain management, and pain, and pain management and motion management thing. Can he, can he do what he's supposed to do on the court? Um, you know, this is not the time of year to push somebody if they really don't feel right. But when he feels right, there's no reason to restrict him at this point. And and listen, you know, it's like I always say about backup NFL quarterbacks. They might get and, and you know reserve players in baseball. They might give you a good week. They might even give you a good month. But there's a reason there's a backup. Yeah. Um, you know, Troy Brown Jr. gave him a really nice burst. But eventually, you're gonna need Anthony Edwards because Troy Brown Jr. can't do what Anthony Edwards does. And I, I think if Ed, I think if Anthony Edwards had been in that game last night, that would have been a that would have been a very close game and a very fun game.
Yeah, would have made a big difference. What a difference a year makes. Last year, the Vikings' offense uh, outstanding, the defense 27th in the NFL or whatever it was. This year, it's a flip, especially with Cousins and Jefferson missing uh, You know, so much time between them. It's the defense that's carried the Vikings this year. And unfortunately, Brian Flores has been a head coach in the NFL previously and I would think probably would like to again. Yeah, I, I wrote about that a little bit today. Mm-hmm. Uh, and here's my thing. Is he going to be a head coach in the league? I really think so eventually. But there have been other people who we thought were absolutely going to be head coaches and they never got the chance. Uh, and there are coaches out there like Brian who have been in a bad situation, working for a bad owner, a badly run franchise, um, and they don't ever want to get caught in that trap again. So I wonder if there's a way to keep, you know, make him assistant head coach, give him a big raise, tell him you love him, you want him here as long as he, he's can stand here maybe maybe that just makes it easier for him to not feel like he has to go get the next head coaching job that's offered to him because hey we thought eric Bieniemy would be a head coach and he's never gotten the chance uh, you just don't know for sure if he's going to get hired or not so give him every incentive to stay yeah no doubt and uh i, I would think that his relationship with kevin o'connell would be good it seems like everybody's relationship yeah. with koc is good yeah uh kevin is a good guy he and he does not mind sharing credit. He doesn't mind sharing, you know, doesn't mind delegating authority. He's pretty much handed the defense to Flores. It's really a perfect situation. Uh, you know, listen, and I really would love to see them play. You know, who knows what's going to happen this year? It's mm-hmm. wide open. Mm-hmm. Next year, I would love to see a season where Cousins, Jefferson, and Hawkinson are healthy uh, and where Flores has his defense fully evolved. That could be a really dangerous team. To have a fully evolved defense next year, it needs to have Daniel Hunter as part of it. No doubt. He's their, by far the best player. He's their only star defender in his prime. He's been incredibly productive. He's an he, incredible worker. Uh, he's a leader. His teammates love him. There's just no reason, not, no reason other than the salary cap not to sign him, but they just have to find a way. Yeah, it's it's um it's a situation the Vikings are being set up where they're going to have a lot of high-priced veterans late in their careers, so then they have to draft well. Uh, to fill in those other spots that hasn't been a, a strong suit so far for Quazy. It hasn't. Um, and there's a little scene one, you know, the fact that he, he manipulated the first round of that draft to end up with a player who can't play is, mm-hmm. is bad. Uh, and Kyle Hamilton is becoming a star with the Ravens. He would solve a lot of problems for this team. Um, so, you know, you know, Cam Bynum has kind of saved them there. The mm-hmm. fact that, uh, he was a, a low draft pick, and he's played like a, a good NFL starter. He's kind of, he's kind of almost erased the scene, scene draft pick. Mm-hmm. But they, right, but they could have taken Kyle Hamilton, or they could have addressed another position. Um, you know, that 2022 draft really still looks terrible. Mm-hmm. The 23 draft, uh, Makai Blackman is showing something. Um, you know, it's not great, but you know, it has ch- at least it still has a chance of being a fairly good group. Uh, but that, you know. They're going to have to draft better. There's no way around it. Like you said, if they're going to keep, if they're going to pay the veterans who need to be paid, they're going to need young, affordable talent, and they better start drafting better. Do you think uh, then if they do that and and keep all of those guys and they do have to uh, draft better, is there um, other you know is, is a quarterback part of that situation? I mean, with Cousins getting a high salary, I don't know where I'm going with this. What's the quarterback situation going to be in the future? I think is what I'm trying to get to. I really think that 
Mike, I'm projecting what I think onto what I think they think. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to get to this offseason and say, okay, we want to win now, and that means Kirk Cousins. Mm-hmm. We want to eventually win with our own system quarterback who we develop, and that means drafting a quarterback high. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they go uh, the Alex Smith, Patrick Mahomes route, uh, and you know they have a starter they like, but they're going to take a swing at somebody who might be might set them up for success for the next 10, 15 years. Mm-hmm. And that means drafting somebody high in a what I think is a great quarterback class. And I, we've had other quarterback classes that were filled with your Blaine Gabberts and your Christian Ponders. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think this is different. I think Michael Penix might go late first round, and I love that guy. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, uh, LSU quarterback is dynamic. Uh, the uh, you know. Uh, you have Caleb Williams probably going to go number one. Mm-hmm. Marvin Harrison's going to go high, which means a team, you know, not all quarterbacks are going to be drafted high. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I just think this is the year to get your quarterback. Yeah, it certainly does look like a deep draft class. You know, the Eagles have kind of gotten exposed the last two weeks. Do you still consider them uh, one of the cons- uh, contenders for a Super Bowl? Well, if you look at their season, they've beaten a lot of good teams, mm-hmm. and they've won a lot of close games. Uh, then they had to play a couple of hot teams at the wrong time, and he got destroyed. So I, I don't think they're great. Uh, I think that they have a chance of rebounding. Here's, here's the thing. I think they have great assets. I think their weaknesses are overwhelming their assets right now. Uh, and the weaknesses are they play a very vanilla defense that requires a great pass rush to be effective, and the pass rush has not been good enough. Uh, they really are reliant on their front four generating pressure without blitzing, and it's just not getting home. And then you're exposing a pretty mediocre back seven that's playing a very vanilla coverage, and opposing offenses are just tearing it apart. Um, so that's a big problem, and that's not going to allow them to beat good teams either in the regular season or in the playoffs. So I do think, you know, I don't want to, I try not to overreact because the NFL seasons are so unpredictable, mm-hmm. but I do think that defense is a major problem. I can see them ironing out their offensive problems. I'm not sure I see them ironing out their defensive problems. Jim, thanks so much. Thanks, Todd. Live at 5 Sports at Todd and Suhan. Brought to you by Prairie's Edge Casino Resort. Cardinal basketball tonight from Brainerd, 7 o'clock.